Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Mike Brown, author, nerd, and host of the Dark Poutine podcast. Join me and Morgan Knudsen, author, paranormal researcher, and host of the TV shows Paranormal 911 and Haunted Hospitals, as we take you on a journey for the curious about the unseen, the mysterious, and the incredible things happening in the world about us. Welcome to Supernatural Circumstances. Unless you've been living under a rock, you're probably aware of the use of fancy electronic gadgetry in paranormal investigations. Movies like Ghostbusters, with all their mostly fictional gadgets, and many other films and TV shows are likely responsible for the upswing in the usage of electronic devices in these investigations. As well, improvements in technology and cheaper devices probably play a part in their rise in popularity. Some of the most commonly used electronic devices in paranormal investigations include EMF meters. They're used to detect and measure fluctuations in electromagnetic fields that are thought to be associated with paranormal activity. Digital cameras. They're used to capture still photographs of the environment. Sometimes investigators believe they can capture apparitions or other paranormal activity images. But... We've all seen people mistaking dust bits in the air for spiritual orbs. Audio recorders. Audio recorders are used to capture sounds and voices in the environment that is being investigated. Some investigators believe they can capture electronic voice phenomena, EVP, which are said to be the voices of spirits or ghosts. Spirit boxes. They're a type of modified radio that rapidly scans through multiple radio frequencies to create a white noise or static sound. Some investigators believe they can use spirit boxes to communicate with spirits or ghosts through white noise. Infrared cameras. They capture images in the infrared spectrum, which is invisible to the human eye. Some investigators use infrared cameras to capture images of what they believe to be paranormal activity that may not be visible in the visible light spectrum. And thermal imaging cameras are used to detect differences in temperature and can be used to identify areas that are colder or hotter than their surroundings. Some investigators believe they can use thermal imaging cameras to detect the presence of spirits or ghosts that may produce cold spots. We here at Supernatural Circumstances feel it's important to note that while these devices can be attractive to paranormal investigations, they should always be used in conjunction with other investigative techniques and with a healthy dose of skepticism. It's also important to thoroughly understand how each device works and to carefully consider any natural explanations for any activity appearing paranormal before concluding that it is actually paranormal in nature. To dig a little deeper, in this episode, we speak with Phil Wyman, 
a well-known figure in the paranormal genre based in the United Kingdom. Phil is the former presenter and paranormal investigator of TV's Most Haunted series. Having been investigating the paranormal and unexplained for over three decades, his knowledge of ghosts, hauntings, and the unexplained has been called upon numerous times within the media. Alongside his wife, Sarah, he directs and produces the paranormal series, Are You Haunted? Currently broadcasting on Pluto TV. But first, here's Morgan with more on the myths of ghost hunting gear. From the very beginning of humanity, understanding that we are not alone in the universe, whether it be in regards to spirituality, UFOs, or psi abilities, people have been making money and faking gizmos since the very beginning. Us humans will pay just about anything to get a message from the other side, including concocting all sorts of specialized equipment or repurposing what certain equipment already does, either because we don't understand its functioning or we genuinely want to get a reaction out of others. Either way, people tend to use the unknown to satisfy our own needs for answers or fill a pocketbook. With the inception of television shows that involve ghost hunting and the promotion that the adventure is talking with the dead, the endless line of strange gadgets which has come forth from these shows has been yeah, nearly infinite. Most of the time, when you ask creators why the lights are blinking or the gizmo is buzzing, they tell you something along the lines of, well, it's picking up on energy. Well, energy has units. It's not a blanket term. But it sure sounds sciency. Another big buzzword has become EMF, or electromagnetic fields, and that somehow, some way, ghosts are made of EMF. We know that simply isn't factual because we don't know what these entities are, let alone what they are made from. Items like the K2 meters, which have become popular on shows like Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures, are built to measure electrical signals from your microwave, and nothing more. When they go off without provocation as I've had happen in some very strange incidents, other avenues have to be explored, but it doesn't mean it was caused by a spirit. If you type ghost hunting gear into Google, a plethora of these creations will pop up to buy. None of them with much scientific merit, but they sure look flashy. So you might be asking, where did all this start? Well, that's a good question. A few investigators even use Geiger counters to detect ionizing electromagnetic radiation, but so far there's no evidence to suggest that these frequencies are involved in reported paranormal experiences. Exposure to certain electromagnetic frequencies has been proposed as a factor in paranormal experiences with a sensory component such as seeing apparitions, hearing sounds, being touched. It's also been suggested that electromagnetic fields that interact with structures or appliances, I had as I had mentioned before, or naturally occurring magnetic fields actually might produce what looks like paranormal phenomenon, including object movement, light anomalies, temperature changes, and even some effects of psychokinesis, or what most people recognize as poltergeist effects. Studies have been made to explore this idea further, so maybe it can be tracked back as far as 1875, where physicists Stewart and Tate proposed that electromagnetic forces actually provide a physical connection between our world and the realm of spirit. As documented in the Science Encyclopedia, researchers theorized that radio and other electromagnetic forms may offer a means for communicating with spirits or other dimensions. 
For example, the Spirit Electronic Communication Society, founded in Manchester in 1949, developed devices which it claimed could be used for this exact purpose. The group also used devices to create an energy field, and it was thought that it might assist spirit communications by stimulating people's psychic abilities. This area of research has become known as EVP, or Electronic Voice Phenomenon. Many researchers who experimented with electronic communication methods, such as video ITC, among others, based it upon radio waves, testing methods such as shielding from electromagnetism by things like a Faraday cage. Another large source of this idea might have been Michael Persinger at the Laurentian University in Ontario, Canada. Persinger considered that electromagnetism might provide just enough energy to cause experiences such as apparitions, poltergeists, even precognition, and UFO encounters. He thought that extremely low frequencies from both natural and man-made sources might actually be a likely cause, perhaps suggesting that the study of high-voltage static electric fields and geomagnetic fields might be a worthy study. Reported phenomenon during a 1996 investigation by Persinger included reports of presences, intense feelings of fear, light flashes and anomalies and sensations of being poked or touched. Researchers observed that spikes in electromagnetism appeared to coincide with increased episodes of the disturbances and traced the cause to faults in the electrical wiring circuits. Now, this is something I've found as well. And here in Alberta, high levels of EMF are quite easy to come by in buildings and tech where the upkeep just hasn't been up to par. So far, there's no conclusive evidence that EMF is involved in producing paranormal activity, even though high levels can often produce what feels like a paranormal experience. To date, there's been no studies which have produced any evidence that spirits produce or manipulate electromagnetic fields, even though a stream of new devices appear online regularly, supported by, well, quite frankly, unsupported claims and unsubstantiated abilities. So why is that? Despite all the hardcore evidence to the contrary, why do these ghost hunting gadgets continue to make their presence known around the country? We talked to Phil Wyman of Are You Haunted to gain some perspective. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil, thank you so much for for being here today. I, I, I we've I mean we've been friends for quite a while now, and it's about damn time we've actually yeah. spoken properly. <laughs> yeah, long time, long time uh, on the, on Facebook. So yeah. Oh yeah, it's crazy. So nice uh, to meet you. <laughs> right? Uh, it's just it's so ridiculous. But thank thank God for stuff like social media and whatnot for you know for connecting people like like this it's so it's so good i'm so glad that you could be here because (laughs) speaking of facebook we were talking very recently about the crazy mint that has gone on with paranormal investigation hobbyist groups 
weird concepts, gimmicky concepts that, yeah. that they've come up with. So I'm really glad that we can sort of delve into this <laughs> today because Mike and I were actually just talking before the show uh, about some of the things that have have driven us nuts and some of the <laughs> the items over the over the years. But you've had a really long history of investigating places all over. You've seen a lot. What have you noticed in regards to the evolution of of paranormal investigation or or rather people's perception of what it is? Um, the thing that stands out to me the most is the 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 amount of gadgets that you you see out there. Back in the day, obviously it used to be like somebody used to take like a doctor's kit bag on mm-hmm. an investigation um you're talking about harry price and stuff like that and get out really basic things like a ball of cotton a ball of string or a you know cat bells and things like that um and do the the, the kind of um generic um uh, experiments um which you know the classic experiments um and nowadays it's just like full of gadgets and it really does my head in because None of the gadgets are actually scientifically proven to detect anything to do with the paranormal. Yeah, they'll detect things, but just nothing to do with ghosts. Exactly. It's like the EMF meter. I mean, whose theories are are abound in this this subject matter? As you know, it's theory this and theory that. And somebody came up with a theory that ghosts perhaps give off um, detectable energies by EMF meter. Well, the only thing that EMF meter does, I mean, it does what it says on the tin. It detects changes in the electromagnetic field. Um, but who came up with a theory that ghosts actually do the same thing and emit electromagnetic fields? Right. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it gets my goat. When I hear EMF, I just think the song Unbelievable. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of quite apt, really. But it is, it's, it's been one of my pet peeves for a long, long time. And, uh, and it seems to have, have stuck in the imagination of people that, um, especially kind of new groups and new investigators that go on investigations. And it's kind of stuck in their minds that they have to get these kind of gadgets. And uh, I think a lot of that has to do with the way it's perceived on television. And I know that you, Morgan, were having a moan about it on uh, on Facebook. <laughs> I totally was. And it, it's I, I, like you, what, what, drives, what drives me nuts is the not only the the lack of understanding about electromagnetic field meters and i mean i i get i get how people have gotten this perception in terms of just you know watching television and seeing these things used and so they think well you know these people must know what they're doing so that must be what they do and of course the the misconception kind of just spirals but what blows my mind is nobody seems to look into okay well what how did this association get going? And exactly. is this is this correct? What what is it measuring? You know, you I mean, you throw the word Goss or Milligoss at the average Joe, and they have no idea what you're talking about. Except, mm. okay, but you're using a meter to measure that. So, like, right? Why would you not look that up? It just it baffles me. Yeah, yeah. It always it always bugs me, um, because. The, these gadgets they're out there and it's like how how can you i mean to me you can't create a gadget useful for detecting something that you've got no a conception about how it works exactly right um i mean because you because surely you need the, the the right parameters to put into a gadget that's going to help you detect what it's supposed to be detecting yeah. and 
we, as far as, far as I'm concerned, unless something really drastic's happened in the last hour, um, nobody has got the parameters of a spirit or a ghost that they can put into a gadget to help that gadget te- uh, detect if if a spirit or ghost is there. Um, so I don't know how they've it, that kind of that kind of whole part of the evolution in in these gadgets seems to have been missed. It's uh, it's like I've got an idea for this, build it, but they've got they've got no kind of um, thoughts about why they've built it and how they've built it if that makes sense completely yeah it's just crackers it is crackers and it's funny because you know i think with these people when they're they're considering this stuff they're not considering like you were saying what is the meter calibrated to do what is it calibrated to register and it's not calibrated to register something that we don't understand and we don't know what some the, the the spirit or whatever it is, is, is com- compiled of. And the one thing like I'm always talking about in, in my lectures and stuff like that is, is explaining that these EMF meters, they will register things like your fridge yep. or your microwave. Yep. But if you turn around and turn that electromagnetic meter to yourself, that thing's not going off. Yep. It's like, it is not calibrated for anything other than exactly what it, it's it's picking up on. And, and it, I, I was doing a deep dive on a, a little bit about how, how this association actually started. And the only thing that I could really find was that it, there's been over the years, these, I, the idea that high electromagnetics and paranormal phenomenon often tend to be present at the same time. And I know like, there's been a number of cases that I've I've dealt with, even in Alberta, where there's been points at which we've gotten fluxes in the electromagnetic field that shouldn't have existed, and in on properties that were really really interesting, uh, investigative wise. But somewhere along the line, it seems to have been conflated and correlated into that EMF signature is is the paranormal activity or it's causing the paranormal activity and i'm not sure where that i don't know where that got blended do you think that's like tv it was it ghostbusters is that where that started ghostbusters yeah let's face it the basic fact is we don't even know if a ghost or spirit exists mm-hmm. yeah we yeah. have no definitive proof obviously we've had p- people that experienced um what we class as paranormal activity or a ghost or a spirit but we still don't have any scientific proof that ghosts or spirits exist. Um, and and the kind of thing, just going off slightly off to one side, the kind of thing that interests me is if there is a time where it is scientifically proven that ghosts and spirits don't exist, then to me that's even more fascinating because what are people experiencing? Yeah, right. totally. You know what I mean? It's not just a handful of people. It's you know, countless people all over the world are seeing yeah. these things. They're experiencing something, but we just don't exactly. understand what that is at this point. That's exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I. It, it's that question. I. I think is is so interesting. Is so fascinating and so huge. And I kind of wonder if the these types of of gadgets or, uh, you know, the things that give us sort of that immediate gratification. Because I mean. It, as we know, like nothing inside gives immediate gratification. <laughs> You're often waiting for this stuff to happen for a, you know quite a long time, or it might not happen. And uh, I often wonder if maybe that's what it is with some of these gadgets: is that despite whatever it is that they're they're picking up on, whether it be like radio signals or electronics or whatever, is that it's giving 
it's giving people that immediate gratification of like, see, there is something there. There is something there. Like there's no inner work to be done with an electromagnetic field meter. You know, it's just something that lights up that can tell you yes or no, almost in the same way that the, uh, uh, the magic eight ball was doing that, you know, yeah. people like flipping the magic eight ball. And I, I kind of wonder about that. And I, I kind of wonder if some of what people are getting when they're seeing, especially the the simple meters, like the K2s and things like that. I often wonder how much of it is psychokinetic. You know, you want something, you're focusing on something enough. And all of a sudden those lights start to start to move just a theory. But I, I I've often wondered about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, it's not just the MF meters. It's all the other things like um, uh, REM pods and stuff like that, which is kind of a similar um, thing, if you like. It's supposed to detect kind of yeah. static energy or, or electrical energy or yeah, that kind of thing. And um, I don't know. It's just, I mean, I, I used to run um, public ghost hunting events and um, the general public love using the gadgets. Absolutely love using the, using the gadgets. And before I used to do before we used to go around and doing the investigation with them, I used to give a little talk at the beginning and explain what the bits of gadgets were. But I also explained the theory around it. And I also explained that at the end, you know, kind of bear in mind that none of this, these gadgets are proven to detect anything to do with spirits or ghosts. Yeah. You know, and again, we don't know if, if they exist. And by the end, I mean, we'd be on an investigation from like nine o'clock until four in the morning. And probably from after the first couple of investigation vigils nobody will be taking the equipment yeah yeah because yeah. they've kind of got to the the, the 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 kind of thinking that you know you might be right this this it's it's much better in my opinion just to sit there um by yourself and just listen out and pay attention to what's happening um and and i'm we're we're a big we're big believers i mean the the I'm going to mention the, the, the Are You Haunted thing here. And yeah, definitely. The Are You Haunted show. We're big believers in going back to kind of basics and not using any of those gadgets because mm -hmm. if you think about it, the vast majority of people who experience a ghost or paranormal activity, et cetera, are doing so during their everyday run-of-the-mill lives. They're not – they're doing things like, you know, perhaps walking around a museum and taking in all the, all the sites and everything – or walking around a castle or, you know, things like that, or a mansion house. And they're not even thinking about ghosts or spirits. And that's what we're kind of trying to do. Uh, they're, not, they're not walking around with a gadget. They're walking around with the self. Right. And the majority of people who experience things are just doing that. They're not walking around. They're not investigating. They're not, you know, they're just doing normal things. Um, and, I, and I think that's, that's one of the things why we went back to the basics, because, hey, We've done the gadgets thing. We've did the gadgets thing for years and years. And, you know, um, when we sat down and thought about it, we thought, no, why, why, why would we want to use these? Because there's no, there's no merit for using them. Yeah. Well, and I think you, you hit the nail on the head with, with what you just said, too, is that just to get a little bit on the philosophical side, is you're, you're not walking around with gadgets. You're walking around with self. Mm. And I think that you hit the nail on the head. It's that ability to be present. And even in, in parapsychology, as, as we've talked about before, we know that the ability to be present or to let your mind wander and to be in that relaxed state is the state you need to be in in order to experience some of this stuff. Like most of this stuff happens when you're not thinking about it, when you're you're in a relaxed state, you're you know doing something mundane um, and whatnot. And statistically, like that's when this stuff 
begins to happen, not when you're, you know, your eyes are glued to a bunch of monitors or, or, you know, lighting up gadgets and, and things like that. So I, yeah, I, I agree. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, um, my wife, Sarah, she's a big, um, she's a big believer in the fact that if you, if you're looking at, like you just said, monitors, um, constantly or looking at your gadgets constantly or doing this with this gadget etc you're going to miss what might be going on because the gadgets aren't actually picking up on anything yeah because you're paying that much attention to the, the thing you've got in your hand that you're not paying attention to your surroundings where you could miss something it's like the people who go to a concert and they have their phone held up recording the concert and they're paying more attention to the recording that's going on rather than this experience that they've sometimes paid hundreds of dollars for. Exactly. Yeah. I don't see the, I don't see the point. I mean, I can see the point in, in it because yeah. they're looking for something, to, you know, as a, as a piece of uh, something that they are remember for many years to come, right. you know, they want to capture it. But at the same time, like you said, that's not the, you're not getting the experience that you've paid for. Mm hmm. Well, Mike, yeah, you just brought up that great point is it is like selling these, it's like selling these concert tickets. And that brings up the, the question about the people selling this equipment. Yes. Yeah. So I I've, I made a list, an Amazon list just for fun of uh, what is deemed to be ghost hunting equipment. And uh, at, at the top of my list is, uh, it just says, Ghost Hunting Equipment Bridea Paranormal Equipment Tool with LED Flashing and Sound Reminders Designed for Professional Paranormal Investigators. And so I thought, let's dig into this company, Bridea. What do they do? And, and we're not saying that their intent is bad or anything like that, but essentially they make um, electronics, obviously, but one of the things that they're best known for are chlorine generators for hot tubs and swim spas. So why not get involved in the paranormal as well? While we're at it, you know, ensuring that people's hot tubs are chlorinated, let's build a ghost hunting uh, tool with five flashing lights on the top and a detachable antenna. And it's a box that uh, it's an easy to use EMF detector very small and portable, takes up space, takes up no space, powered by four AA batteries, not include. So, so whoever wrote their, uh, their copy is, maybe it's ESL, I don't know. Lower consumption, avoid frequent battery replacement, save time and worry, bring you a good use experience. So, <laughs> you know... Because everybody needs to check their hot tubs for ghosts. Right, exactly. And the... the <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of uh, these companies that are cashing in in a big way, like a ghost box uh, it originally was just a radio that people would be able to tune to different frequencies and hope to hear something, a spirit box. And now you're paying $200 for like just a crappy AM FM radio that nobody has been able to, uh, to sell otherwise. So let's sell it as a piece of ghost hunting equipment and... Uh, People will pick up on this. Yeah, but it works. There yeah. are thousands of them out there, and somebody's got rid of their pretty useless AM, FM, multiple <laughs> radios. <laughs> yeah, it, it, this makes me nuts. Like, this this whole thing, it makes me crazy. I, I watch all these shows on Discovery, and and I'm just thinking, what an uphill climb for people like yourself who really want to do 
paranormal investigation in a, in a meaningful way. And it's not about entertainment. It's about like trying to discover what's out there. Yeah. I could, I could probably cope with it a lot better if it was just people, Joe public going and using them. But the fact that they're plastered on virtually every top rated paranormal show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, which is then forcing that kind of belief of their usage down the throats of the people that watch it. I think that, that kind of annoys me though. It's because they must know, they must know these people that are supposed to have like years of back to, uh, background experience. They must know that the gadgets that they're using aren't really worth um, the receipt that they've got for them. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, that's where it gets me too, is at some point these people are going on TV or whatever and they do know better. Like somebody, somebody somewhere knows better. And it like, that's it, it, that part drives, drives me crazy. Like, um, for example, this is one that I've, I've noted, this is a little bit more of a recent one, but, uh, people using the video game systems and whatnot, um, which oh, use don't AI. Start me on that. Oh my gosh. So, what, what, what? What's okay. This? So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So these, these game systems, what they do is they will cast out, they use like, now they're using AI and all sorts of things like that, yeah. but they, but they cast out grids basically. And what they're meant for is for the game to pick up on people. So you can mm. interact with the game. Right. right? You're talking so, SLS cameras, aren't you? Y- yes. SLS and, stuff. Yeah. And, the pe- but they are are literally designed to connect like random dots to find human shapes because that's yeah. literally what they're supposed to do they're supposed to find people so you can interact with the game system and what people are using them now for is well if if they're meant to pick up on human form then they're going to pick up on on a spirit if a spirit is in the room and then it's going to connect all these dots as if all spirits still look like people uh, and they were supposed to look, they're supposed to hook up all these dots together and whatnot, but it, it's been shown like time and time again, even if you leave the system running with, you know, a, a vague outline of anything in the room that the, 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 the camera system itself can pin together as a person, it will, because yeah. that's what they're designed to do. And so again, it's one of these things that like I'm seeing on the shows, it's coming up and people are like, oh no, no, see it picked up because that's a person standing there. Well, no, it's, this is literally what these systems are are designed for. You could put five pop cans on a table and they would probably link those five pop cans together if they were in the right shape. Um, yeah. I've got an experience about that. Oh, do tell. Um, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Which uh, I I thought, you know what, I'm going to have a look at this system. So I got one. I messed about with it, and um, I finally got it. And this was this was in my my, my bedroom at the time, and um, I set it up and kind of got the camera looking at me, and it was picking up me, and it was picking up um, stuff behind me. And to my extreme amazement, as it were, um, there was a stick figure behind me. I'm like, well, okay, that's interesting. And uh, I turned around thinking, yeah, okay, what is this? I turned around and it was actually, it was picking up um, my hoodie, which I'd hung over my uh, exercise bike handle behind me. And it was picking that up as a person. 
Wow. <laughs> so, so I thought, right, yeah, that's all I need to see. And I just stopped using it. Yeah. <laughs> that's happened with my home security camera, too. It's like I'm out and about and it will trigger uh, on, you know, exactly what you said, my hoodie, thinking <laughs> that it's a human being, <laughs> you know, and it's like I get this message. There's someone in your house. It's like, what? Oh, <laughs> oh God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unless there is someone in your house. <laughs> yeah. What you need is an EMF meter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I should have that set up right beside the cat. Oh, the, the EMF meter didn't go off. It's just a hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, I, think it's, I think it's important, though, that we, we kind of give people their um, kind of space to and freedom to use those sure. kind of bits of equipment if they, yeah. if they want to use them, obviously, because uh, not everybody is of the opinion that, that we are. So um, it's... Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's a, it's a free, obviously freedom of choice, but they might be picking something up. They might be, yeah. but yeah, yeah, it's like Morgan was alluding to earlier. These things aren't calibrated for that specific thing because we don't know what that specific thing is. Yeah. I mean, they sure, sure, they're picking something up, but it's what are they picking up? Is yeah. the thing that's the big question. Yeah. Until somebody says these are the parameters, build your piece of kit. And guaranteed you'll detect stuff. Until somebody says that, then we're, we're just like staring into fog. Yeah. We've got no idea what's there. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And, and what I'm I buying find... that one, though. If, if somebody <laughs> makes that guarantee, I'm buying that. <laughs> yeah. well, what I found, too, I mean, I've when I, when I still do go out on investigations and, and things like that, what I find is that the most helpful equ equipment, if I'm if I'm bringing anything, is stuff that allows me to understand the environment better. And uh, like a, my, my business partner years ago who passed away, she um, was an architectural technologist and uh, she would come out and not even necessarily, you know, with any sort of equipment or anything like that. But, you know, she, one of the reasons she was there was to take a really good look at the environment. You know, is the house settling? What's it sitting on? What, you know, what's going on within the, within the building, uh, you know, understanding some of this stuff. And so for me, what I always find is that, you know, if I'm going to bring anything, it's stuff that's going to allow me to understand exactly where I am uh, a, a little bit better. And case in point, like here in Alberta, talking about EMF, um, one of the big issues with a lot of the buildings in Alberta is the high levels of electromagnetic fields really messing around with people's perception. And we get that quite frequently because a lot of the buildings either aren't up to code or um, we've got like transformers or whatnot that have been left behind that ha are just, they're still active, but they're, I mean, they're, they're cause people all sorts of different problems. Uh, but there's been a number of, of cases that I've worked on over the years where those types of things are dismantled and all of a sudden, oh, people aren't seeing things out of the corner of their eye anymore or having sleep problems or you know, having issues that typically these, these super, super high levels of EMF can cause. So I found like in that regard, this stuff can be really, really helpful, um, you know, or just, you know, having a bunch of cameras set up to make sure we've got eyes on more than one spot or, or, you know, whatever. But, um, I, I think we've just, I think we've really brought it home with the idea of, you know, let's like keep the equipment in the category that they're used for, because if you can do that, the stuff is really helpful. But if it's, if it's something that, you know, like electromagnetic field meters weren't built for ghost hunting, 
They, they just weren't. They were built for electricians. So what you're saying, Morgan, is it can help to eliminate other things, but not necessarily totally. detect the, the actual thing. Totally. And like, I know here I've, I've, I've found that helpful. You know, do I think it's going to, can I sit there and talk to dead Aunt Mary with it? No. But do I, th you know, do I think it can eliminate problems that could be causing other problems? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. That's, that's what I've, that's my, my personal experience with it. But I think what, what catches me about where we are with this whole, with this whole ghost hunting equipment issue um, is like what we were talking about where, you know, the, the stuff is getting misused and then, and I don't know, Phil, if you found this, but if you try to explain it to somebody as to what the gear does, or if you ask a question about what the gear does, oftentimes people get really defensive. Yeah, they they do. It's the, it's the, <laughs> and I'm going to throw the cat amongst the pigeons here. It's the, the entire orb situation. But oh, yeah. Oh boy, yeah. Um, oh no. When you <laughs> when you try and politely say, obviously, because years of experience kind of tell you what these things are, um, but some people are just so stuck in the beliefs. Um, I mean, for, they're, they're, for all I know, there might be things called or perceived as spirit lights, but um, what people kind of are saying are, are orbs. You can clearly see once you've had the experience in looking at thousands of pictures over the years you you know that that it's actually dust that they're picking up or it's the reflection of a dust particle um but you try and tell somebody that and you know, they'll take your head off most of the time yeah it's, it's totally true so for the let's let's talk about in investigations that way because when people want to delve into this they want to get their hands dirty they want to you know, take a step into this. You know, maybe they're listening to this for the first time and realizing that, you know, these certain things maybe aren't the way that they want to go. What would you suggest their first step is uh, in, in terms of delving into this field? Um, literally, forget the gadgets. Uh, forget the gadgets that are supposed to um, be designed for detecting spirits and ghosts and just go with things that that do what they say they do on the tin. Um, for instance, take an, an audio recorder. Take take a, an audio recorder sure. with you. Take a, take a camera with you. Take a if you got a video camera, take a video camera. Um, just basically go back to basics with everything and use your own sensors and use your own come to your own conclusions without something telling you that there there is something in the corner which. You know, a piece of gadget saying there's something in the corner we all know that that's not going to be the case um, so come to your own conclusions about your own experiences I think that's the the biggest thing um, I mean th we're, we're looking at thermal imaging cameras um, basically just to see if there are any cold spots and hot spots and that kind of thing but that's basically what it does that's what it's designed for yeah mm -hmm. It's not designed to detect ghosts or anything, but it's designed to detect environmental changes, which could be tied in with manifestations or possible paranormal activity. Yeah, I think if we bring it back to that, then it makes sense to bring something like that along with yeah. you. Because, yeah, if you see... It does it, what it says on the tin. Exactly. It's designed to detect what you, you're looking, using it for. Yeah, I, you know, I, I completely agree. And I think I think that's that's the key like you know like i was saying before where if if we can just keep the equipment 
doing what it's supposed to be doing instead of assigning it a job that it wasn't built for. Uh, I think that is, is such a helpful, it's such a helpful, I think, perspective on, on going yeah. into any of this. What, when, when you go, when you're doing, are you haunted, which is a freaking phenomenal show people. If you guys have not seen it, <laughs> we're putting it in our show notes. You, Thank you very much. You gotta watch it. It's yeah, we so well it. done. Oh yeah. So well done. Um, what, when, when you're, packing a bag to to go to one of these places phil what's in your bag what do you take um audio recorders um again very much you, you've still got to analyze the any anything you get with these pieces of, of um kit that i'm going to ex- detail sure. in a moment you've still got to analyze what you get with it um so yeah we take audio recorders and they're top you know professional audio recorders really good quality uh we take video cameras we take um, I uh, what they called um, action cameras, um, and basically that's probably the the, cru- the the main kind of kit bag that we we take with us. We don't take anything like really old. I thought we've got a CCTV monitoring system that we set the cameras up around, um, and, and basically that's it. Yeah. There's nothing over over the top gadgets because we don't use we certainly don't use anything like um, Ouija boards or divination devices and that kind of thing. Right. But uh, that's basically the, the the gadgets that we use. That makes sense. Eyes on the eyes on the floor. More eyes, boots on the ground, eyes on the floor. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah. I think you're about to say what what I'm going to ask is like what oh. is your what's your method of ghost hunting? How how do you go to like how how do you start this? Like when you enter a place that you think might be haunted? Uh, well, first off, we get some background information from the people that are associated with the, the, the venue. And um, that's, that's really important, especially if they've got experience of possible paranormal activity in the venue. Um, and then we kind of aim to set up the CCTV cameras and the vigil areas uh, in those specific areas that we've been told are the best areas you might experience you know your chances of capturing something and then we just split up into little teams teams of two there's uh, only about six of us in the in the in the uh, i haunted team uh, and we split up into you know three teams of two uh take a vigil area each and that is you've got a camera with you video camera infrared video camera and we just sit there film what's happening talk chat amongst ourselves, ask out if there's anything there, if they're going to, if, the, if there is something there, such as a spirit to come forward, if they can, and et cetera, et cetera. And that's all we basically do. There's nothing over the top. It makes perfect sense to me. I, I know one of the, uh, the techniques that I've had really amazing luck with over, over the years in, in regards to a plethora of different phenomenon is actually addressing and inviting inviting whatever it is in on its own accord and yep. last uh last fall uh, my a colleague of mine and i we were doing a uh, uh a series of of workshops and whatnot what we would do every night before it would start is that we'd go out because she's got a, a huge pro- property and uh, the whole property has has had activity on it and we would go out into the property and just kindly invite whatever it was if they wanted to, to participate and come hang out that they are you know loved and more than welcome to do so and 
every single night it was a plethora of activity that was that was going on and like the groups got to experience it it was it was really cool uh but i really attribute a lot of that to the the approach that we took which was you know just saying you know what you're just you're just welcome to come hang out you know whatever you i don't know what it, i don't know what you are but you know whatever it is you're just you're just welcome to come join us and hang out here's what we're doing and it was it, it seemed to be really effective yeah, exactly. And I think you need to be, and there's a lot of lot of people out there that probably aren't, um, or certainly not as much as they should be. You need to be respectful. Yeah. Because obviously, if there are spirits out there uh, of of deceased people, um, that exactly that they they are people, um, and you need to be respectful of that. Yeah, and I think not, oddly enough, not treat them as spooky. I think that, I think that's helped as well where where you know it was the the invitation for us didn't come as you know okay is there you know is there anybody there can you please move this chair like and that, we we weren't doing that either I I think there was there was sort of a relaxed vibe about you know what we would just we'd love to have you if you want to be there and yeah. um and, and uh, yeah I I think that really really made a difference the other thing that I I noted and I don't know there you've had this experience as well but I know when when Stephanie and I first started twenty odd years ago, you know, we we kind of went into it in the same way they initially went into the Philip experiment in Ontario, where everybody was you know being very stoic and and silent and serious and and whatnot, serious, and we'd yeah. walk out with nothing. And yeah. <laughs> as soon as we added the factor of being happy and joyful yep. and having fun, bam, activity would go yep. through the roof. Have you found that too? Yeah, I mean that that is one of the 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 basic principles of of the show. Uh, Sarah thought of the show. Obviously, my wife Sarah um, came up with the idea for the show, um, and we wanted to make it um, interesting and enjoyable, even if we weren't getting an awful lot of activity, if if any at all. Um, and the people on the show uh, are our are really really good friends we've known for a long time, and we've got such a great chemistry. Yeah. Um, that we always seem to be up for the investigation we always seem to have a laugh while we're there you know respectful not not taking the the, the michael out of anything um and we seem to get lots and lots of things happening small things but some small things are massive when it comes to investigating yeah um people seem to think oh yeah well you only got a knock or you only heard a a, a single word or something like that but then you think yeah that's great but where did that single word come from exactly. where did that not come from <laughs> You know, there's only four of us, five of us in the building, the entire building. So nobody is around. And in the corner of the room where you sat, you've got a knock or a, a noise, a vocal noise coming from there. And you're like, so, yeah. So, you know, you have to think about what you've just said there. We've got something. Where does it come from? Um, but, yeah, because we're kind of so um, jovial, if you like, and we are really, we do enjoy a bit of a, uh, a laugh with each other while we're there and obviously get down to the serious things as well. But I think because we've got that energy about us, we do kind of experience things. And I think the, whatever might be out there kind of senses the relaxed atmosphere, if you like, and thinks, you know, I'm going, I'm going to get involved with these, this, this group here, these guys. Um, and so, yeah, we've got some really interesting incidents when we go on these investigations. So for people who haven't seen this show, are you haunted? Can you sort of tell us about one specific 
uh, incident that really stands out in your mind? I don't mean to put you on the spot. But... <laughs> there's, there's quite a few. Um, let me think. Right, okay. We, uh, in in the last series, um, we went to a, a theatre in uh, Durham in the northeast of England, and uh, there was myself and Sarah sat on the stage, and uh, the rest of the team were in different parts of the building. And um, we were, Sarah and myself were, had the, the CCTV, mon CCTV monitors in front of us. So we were on the, the CCTV hub, as we call it, um, looking at the screen, looking out into the into the, the seating area of the theatre and the stairs that come down um, on each side. And we were both looking around and lit, I'm not kidding, something about five foot tall, about foot and a half, two feet wide, um, from halfway down the stairs, a pillar, all I can call it is a pillar of undulating light came down, floated down the stairs, down the side of the theater stairs uh, towards the stage. And that was absolutely phenomenal. It was white, but it was like a, it was like a smoky, undulating, smoky thing, pillar that came down, pillar of light, about five feet or so tall. Wow. Um, and, it, and it was there for about two seconds. And it actually, it glided, it glided down. Um, and it was absolutely amazing. That's the stuff you live for. Exactly, yeah. And oh, um, man. it kind of surprised me that way. It kind of actually scared me a little bit, if that, if that makes sense. And yeah. I was a bit like shocked because I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Because that's how that's how much we were kind of into the in, into the zone of just looking around us and trying to pay attention and things. And then suddenly it's just like, whoa, what the, what's that? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 so funny that that you you mentioned that because I had a, a an incident with a, a really a dear friend of mine in, in I was actually in Vancouver, and we had been sitting around a hotel room. And this is another example of just how important this joy factor is. Mm. And it was Halloween night. This was a number of years ago. And we were sitting around and we were just, we got laughing about something. And I mean, it was, it, it was ridiculous. I mean, the two of us couldn't breathe. We were in tears. I mean, it was, it was just crazy. Anyway, we ended up, we, we both ended up falling asleep. It was really late. And he woke me up and I, I didn't realize what had gone on. I just kind of woke up and he woke up and he was like talking to somebody at the door at the, like the bathroom door, like laying in, laying in his bed, but talking to somebody at the bathroom door. And I'm like, what the heck is he talking to? Like, is somebody at the door? And I'm kind of half asleep and turns the light on and whatever. And he was like, is still talking to this person. And he was like, are you okay? are you okay? Like, what, what are you doing? Are you all right? And I'm like, what the heck is anyway? I was like, Hey, you know, who are you talking to? Scared the hell out of him. So it was so funny. He was you know, like, he was, it, it just floored him. He turned around, looked back at the door and said, okay, what the hell? I literally just was talking to somebody at the door that looked like you. And he had, Marky. yeah. And it was, and it just floored the two of us. Um, but it was from that moment on, we had a bunch of other things happen as well. I had um, I had been doing something. I can't remember. I'd, oh, I'd gone into the bathroom or something like that. Um, and the door in my room uh, opened on its own. The bathroom door opened on its own. Um, I had like a number of things go on. And uh, but it was all be it seemed to be stemming from that night of us just 
laughing until we couldn't laugh anymore. And it was so it was it was really, really interesting. And for me, it just sort of solidified that fact was, of you know, you, you want to experience some of this stuff, get really, really happy. Uh, that is that that kind of ties in with something that ex we experienced on one of the episodes. Um, there was myself and Jane, who's obviously one of the, the team members on the show. We were upstairs in an attic. Um, and I was we were just I was just having, we were having a bit of a laugh, to be fair. Because I got the infrared camera, and you know how the camera's got a little red light on them, and I could see the red light reflected in a. This is pitch black, obviously. I could see the red light reflected in a window behind Jane, and I'm like, "Come on, look at this!" Because this was really scary. It was like the, you know, the the thing on Polter, uh, not Poltergeist, the uh, Amityville Horror, where it's Jody, the weird demon thing, is outside the window with the red eyes. Can you remember that? I, bit? I totally remember that bit. And, and, I'm to, and I said, come here, it looks, it looks weird, weird, it looks like that. And she came over and had a bit of a laugh. And, and just as she, she walked back to her seat, she looked out of the door of the attic, which um, looks into another room. And she turned around, looked out the uh, attic door and stood in the door of the other room was a man wearing wow. a kind of a pork pie hat, as she described <laughs> yeah. it. But she described it as being like, she, said, she says, you know how Van Gogh does his paintings? It's like all like patchy and things like that and, and smeary and stuff. It, it was like that. She said it was grey and black in like a weird sakes. patchy kind of Van Gogh-y style painting. Um, and as soon as she looked at it, it was there for a, literally a split second and then it vanished, but it scared the life out of her, scared the life out of me because she, she actually like, jumped and was like, oh my God, you know, wow. um, I've just seen something, I've just seen something. And I says, what is it? And she said, I've just seen a man stood in the door. And it's like, really, really, but again, literally a moment before we were having a bit of a giggle about something. Yeah. Well, Strange. it's totally, it's totally cool. And it's so, it's so interesting to me because you even look at experiments like in Ontario, like the Philip experiment, and that's exactly what they found was, you know, everything for them was, it was, nothing was working, nothing was working. They weren't getting any responses at all. And then all of a sudden they added that joy factor in and bam, they started to get this activity. It was like they were resonating with whatever that was and stuff started to happen. Mm. Uh, it was, it's just the neatest thing. And I think it's a an aspect of of the paranormal. I know I've talked about it like crazy, um, but the idea that so much of this stuff happens when we're in a good headspace, and mm -hmm. when stuff starts to go on, is it's it's when we're you know able to let go. It's when you, when we're able to meditate. It's when we're you know all of the all of these different factors that you know have have been found. You know, like what we've talked to people. I don't know how many people now, Mike, about, about this, but that seems to be when it happens. Well, it's interesting that it's it seems like it also happens when you're not trying to force it to happen. If you're if you're really focused on making it happen, uh, it's less likely somehow. And and I've noticed that in in all kinds of aspects of my life when it comes to uh, manifestation. I, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole too deeply, but um, I think it's that whole idea that, you know, what, what you focus your, if you're so focused on the lack of this thing, like what I want to see a ghost, I want to see a ghost. I want to see a I want to see something. Um, and then, uh, you don't see anything and then you and your, 
your pal are just joking around after you've had that thought, that real honest thought, that's when something happens. Totally. It's very strange. It's very, very strange. Yeah. That, that I think if I look at it, that, um, from the, the investigations we've done on the series, um, yeah, more often than not, we've had a, a an episode where we've absolutely been in floods of tears um, with laughter um, because either something's gone wrong with the filming, or mm-hmm. yeah, I've, yeah. I've I've gotten what I'm supposed to be saying halfway through me saying it, um, and everybody just creases up. Um, and I can honestly say that virtually every episode, something like that has actually actually happened, and that so that might actually be playing into the into the um, you know, getting, getting activity coming forward and the interaction. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think our, our intent and our, our, our joy, I I think I'm a firm believer that, I mean, joy, no matter what is the catalyst for things that things pouring into our experience on like so many different levels. And I I really, really think that the paranormal is, is one of those things. And I, I look back at researchers like, uh, Dr. Scott Rogo and Dr. William Roll and all these people that that really took that hard look at the correlation of emotion and and paranormal activity and it, you know every time I talk to people like you Phil it just just really emphatically drives it home for me that <laughs> there's mm. there's this um, incredible connection there um and oh, yeah, it's totally, it's amazing totally. it's just amazing yeah. well this um, this I has think- been awesome it has, it has, and, um, and again, I think it's, uh, it's it's all a state of of what your mind is in. I think, um, big time. And, and by that, I mean you know the 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 happy the happier you are, or the the more kind of joyful, if you like, you are. I think uh, that opens more and more possibilities for you. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I mean, we found that over the years as as well. Well, I, this has been so great, and thank you so much for this conversation because it was a conversation we <laughs> needed to be had so badly, and yeah. I'm so grateful that we could do it. But before we let you go, tell people about Are You Haunted, where they can see it, and where they can pick up your book as well, because your book is is really great, and it gets into some of this stuff too. So let everybody yeah. know what's up uh, well first off it's been brilliant so thank you very much guys um are you haunted is appear is broadcast on pluto tv um and it's free to air um uh, broadcasting platform so it doesn't cost you anything to watch it uh you can also get it on youtube um i think uh, all the series series one two and three are on youtube um so look out for that uh, we're also on Facebook. If you want to have a look on Facebook, Are You Haunted? And we will, this is for people out there who are going to be listening, um, who have seen the show, we will be starting filming series four very, very soon. Woohoo! Fun. Woohoo! <laughs> oh, <laughs> and it's going good. to be different, slightly different. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. I, I'm looking forward to that <laughs> because, yeah, your stuff's always so, so great. So, Phil, thank you so thank much you. for being here. You're welcome. Been great talking to you guys. Fantastic. Thank you. Here's Morgan for this episode's segment of Spiritual Healthcare. In this episode's edition of Spiritual Healthcare, the segment of the show where you get to be the creator and designer of your paranormal and spiritual experience, we're going to tell you about a process called What Good News Process. This is a great process for anyone who is struggling with focusing on the positive and comes from our good friend at the Monroe Institute, Mark Serto. This is a 
exercise in perspective shifting. And it begins with an unexpected question. What bad news is occurring in my life right now? Sometimes that question is a little too easy to answer. The next question then becomes, what is standing in opposition to it? Another way to word this is, what's the silver lining? Your answer may look something like, well, fortunately, blank is occurring, and then include something great about the blank. This doesn't have to be something that is currently part of the circumstance. This is usually where people get hung up. And it could, in fact, be something occurring in the future. Remember, there is no past or future, only the present moment. Get creative with it. As Mark and the Monroe Institute teach, one of the best ways to neutralize negative thinking and overcome hopelessness is to use the imagination to create something positive. What are you imagining? Give it a try and watch what comes. You need nothing to be happy, but you need something to be sad. And remember, at the end of seeking, all is consciousness. Stay in peace, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Supernatural Circumstances, a co-production of Entity Seeker Paranormal Research and Teachings and Good Egg Studios. This podcast is part of the Curious Cast Podcast Network. Theme music by Corey Johnson of Catalyst Records in Edmonton, Alberta. You can find out more about Morgan Knudsen at entityseeker.ca and more about me and listen to my other show at darkpatine.com. Feel free to email the show at supernaturalcircumstances at gmail.com. Good night for now. <laughs>